everybody, and thank you for tuning into the Saving Sophie podcast. I am here with my amazing little girl, Sophie. Say hi, Sophie. Hi. I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest on the show today. Her name is Dr. Anahi Jewett. She is my dear friend and colleague, my research partner in crime, and the woman who I have tasked with eradicating my daughter's brain tumor. No tall feet. I don't think, personally. I'm Dr. Jewett seems to be heading down some pretty incredible paths. It's going to put us right in that direction. And we're really excited to, to take a deep, deep dive on what we're seeing, not just in medical cannabis research that she's doing for us and our CannaKids products that we're using on our patients, but also what natural killer cells and what their role is at large for cancer as we know it, its ability to fight cancer and its ability to allow cancer to thrive when that system fails. To dig in a little bit about who Dr. Jewett is, because she truly is a modern-day Einstein, she has an endless list of credentials, many of which I'm going to attempt to spit out today. There, there's, there's quite a few, so bear with me. First of all, she is the world's leading expert in the field of natural killer cell research and development. She is the professor and director of tumor immunology at the laboratory of UCLA. She is a professor in the section of oral biology in the division of oral biology and medicine, the UCLA School of Dentistry. Now, this does not mean she's a dentist. She actually, in fact, is not a dentist, but she has studied oral biology for over 30 years. It was this study and the study of oral cancers that led her to the discovery that natural killer cells have a true importance um, in cancers and, and the reason we have them in the first place and what actually keeps them from getting us because what you may all not know is we have living cancer in our body every day of our lives. She is also a member of the Jane and Jerry Weintraub Center for Reconstructive Biotechnology and the Johnson's Comprehensive Cancer Center and the UCLA Tumor Immunology Subgroup. Long list of credentials. This woman has also been published to the top medical journals over 140 times. Now, if you can imagine, that is a lot of research papers, which means that's a lot of discoveries, which means she is very, very smart. So Sophie had to have a surgery last year on April 23rd, and it was through this that I ended up getting introduced to Dr. Jewett through a mutual friend of ours who is a nurse. She's an incredible oncology nurse, Nurse Kara, right? You know Nurse Kara, Sophie? Yeah. Big shout out to Nurse Kara yes, no. Lunsford and Holly Blue, which is an amazing app that she uses for nurses. And she introduced Dr. Jewett and I. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I don't think I'll ever forget that day. No. Do you, do you remember why I ended up talking to Nurse Kara? Because your water bottle fell out of your backpack. Do you remember that, Soph? I do a little bit, but not that much. Not that much? Well, I remember it because it was a very, very I special do, yes, moment. I do remember Well, because we went into the school grounds and you were like, Mommy, I don't have my water anywhere. And we don't like the fountain water at the school, right? We, we have special alkalinized water for yeah. this little one over here. Um, is it my, was it my mommy bottle, Ariel? It was Ariel. Yeah, it was your Ariel bottle. So then Daddy runs the bottle to mom and I'm like, you know, darting out to the front of the school to try and get Sophie her water and Nurse Kara was standing there. She had broken her foot six weeks prior. It was her first day back at oh, school. No. Do you remember? Did she I had a boot. My foot? No, no, Nurse Kara broke her foot. Hudson's how did, mommy. How did she walk? Well, not very well. <laughs> she did not walk very <laughs> well at all. Someone had to carry Well, yeah, her? she had to take an Uber. So she was standing outside of the school because she couldn't drive because it was her right foot. 
And I had been desperately, desperately trying to find someone to do what's called PDX or patient-derived xenograph, where you take live tissue from a cancer patient and you implant it into mice and then you grow that tissue in the mice. You grow that cancer in the mice and then you can do targeted therapy in the mice so that you don't have to do it on the humans and it helps you figure out uh, a better treatment protocol. And I was desperate because I had not found anyone that could confidently say they could grow Sophie's tumor because it's a grade one, it's slow growing. And so I, I remember I texted Dr. Jewett. She was back to me in 10 minutes and said, come on over. And at 2.30 that afternoon, I was sitting in her office. Now, 23 is a big number for me, as you know, Dr. <laughs> Jewett. So that was, you know, kind of one of those ticks on the board. And it was in that moment that you agreed to help me with Sophie. Well, um, to start, um, I'm a professor and director of Tumor Immunology Laboratory at UCLA, uh, and uh, I've been in, in the field for uh, more than 25 years, uh, maybe even 35 years, uh, <laughs> because if you count the amount of training that I had to go through, it takes a long time, you know, to, to become who I am. Sure. Uh, and... Um, so my passion has always been to cure cancer. And, and part of the reason uh, is because, you know, I watched my mom to go through. She didn't have cancer, but she, in her brain, in her mind, she had cancer. And that, that's enough to, you know, <laughs> to kill someone. Yeah. And so um, I think I was maybe four or five years old when I could see her suffer through this. And I wanted to figure out, you know, what is this? You know, what what? Uh, what type of disease is it that it's causing so much pain? And would you say and, she was a hypochondriac? Oh, very much so. Yeah. And she still is. Uh, and um, so one of the things that she would keep telling me that she was going to die, you know, mm -hmm. next year is going to be the last mm -hmm. year, her last year. And I kept telling her, no, you've survived last 10 years. You didn't die, so you're not going to die. How old were you when she first started telling you this? <sighs> I or five years wow. old. Oh my gosh. That's so, got to be tough. It, it was difficult. And that's basically actually firmed up my career. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was horrible, you know. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. But, um, you know, there were times that, you know, I would not sleep at nights and, and try to understand what she was doing. Is, mm -hmm. Was she in pain, you know? So, I mean, she left significant impression on me. And, and, and uh, since then, I wanted to find out what the disease, how, how I can cure that disease and, and you know, what, what, how I can learn about the disease. And, and, um, and I don't know. I mean, it was a curse and a blessing mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. And, I'd say for me it yeah. was a blessing. <laughs> 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 Knowing what I know today. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that's, that's why I feel that, you know, this is this is not a, even a career for me. This is a mission. Yeah. And and I need to accomplish that mission before I leave this world. I need you and to accomplish <laughs> it too. <laughs> yes. As me and Sophie and Josh say, this is why we believe God gave us breath. And same with you. I mean, you're here to help end the suffering in millions and eventually billions and eventually trillions of people because cancer is not something that's going to stop. It's quite on the rise, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes, definitely. I think the way we compromised our uh, uh, mucosa, our gut, our body in general, mm -hmm. I think uh, we are seeing the tip of the iceberg. 
And, and why I do think, you think that is? What do you think is happening with human beings that's causing us to get sicker? You know, I think we've modified everything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we modified the environment. We've modified the, our diets. We um, completely changed the way we are living. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of different kinds of anti, what we call antigens. So these are foreign things to us. Mm-hmm. And, and our body starts creating... Uh, you know, inflammatory processes that tries to ward off the body, but at the same time, it causes damage, sure. you know. And, and, and so that's, that's part of the reason why. Uh, and, and if we don't uh, stop it, mm-hmm. I think it's going to get worse. Well, one of the things that I learned from you in the lab the other day that I found very fascinating, which is when your gut is really messed up, that mm-hmm. that can be a sign that cancer's coming. Yes, very much so. And and part of the reason is that what we call our mucosal immunity drives mm-hmm. our systemic immunity. So mm-hmm. it has direct influence of how our immune system is going to be functioning. And if our gut system is screwed up, if let's say we don't have the right strains of bacteria or the right amounts of these bacteria, then our immune system is going to be out of whack. And, and this is what led you to develop the AJ2 probiotic, that's correct. correct? That's correct. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about that? Well, in the beginning, actually, the reason I started thinking about uh, AJ2 was um, I thought, well, uh, we know bacteria is very important in uh, conditioning our immune system. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, initially I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this in order to be able to change the gut microbiome. Uh without thinking that it may actually have an effect on systemic immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after working on uh, the mouse models that we have in the lab, I figured out that actually, no, it has direct effect on our systemic immunity. And, and it's incredible that, you know, I can feed them the bacteria and, and in a span of 48 hours, I can actually see what is going on in the blood, yeah. you know. That's pretty incredible. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 and that was amazing. And that was part of the reason why I started thinking maybe I can actually use this as an adjunct therapy for cancer. Right. Uh, it may not be the panacea, right? It right. may not be the cure, but it's definitely going to help. Well, and, and combo therapies is, you know, what we've been talking about, mm. but we believe is the way. I don't think that there's any one thing that's potentially a panacea, but you start mixing and matching mm. like your supercharged natural killer cells sure. and AJ2 probiotic and yes. possibly even medical cannabis. Yes. And you can find some real synergies that could potentially help patients in the future in a very non-toxic way, which is what really excites me because I've had to watch my little girls suffer through six years of toxicity. Yes, And they've used her like a guinea pig when, you know, they always say that pediatric clinical trials are so difficult to do because, you know, there's there's not that many children that are sick, even though it's the number one disease killer of children in America, mm. and they're mm. harder to study. Well, mm. they didn't have any problem studying mm. my kid. Mm. They put her on clinical mm. trial after mm. clinical trial after clinical trial, but they were adult drugs mm-hmm. that they were like, okay, well, this... You know, this adult cancer has this mutation in common with this pediatric cancer. So let's put it in the kid and see if it works. And she was used as a test subject, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, six years later, we finally found something to stop it. And hopefully, knock on a lot of wood, it will Mm -hmm. never grow again. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what you're doing gives me real hope that there is more for Sophie Mm -hmm. and for patients like her that could be coming so, Dr. Jewett, we happen to have a very special guest in the studio today. We have the effervescent Ellen Kay from Coast Radio, who has been 
entertaining us for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been in the industry for how long now, Ellen? Um, I think as long as Dr. Jewett's been doing research. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we about the same, 25 <laughs> years, almost 30 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And you yourself have been affected by cancer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it's safe to say everyone's affected by cancer. That's right. But yeah, uh, my mother, lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So we just mm-hmm. lost her this year. I'm so oh, sorry to hear so sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she also went through, I don't even know how many years of clinical trials, but mm. seven maybe. She lived a lot longer than she would have without the, mm. without the different aggressive, you know, things that took a toll on her body ultimately. But sure. but did extend her life and and she had a good quality of living up until the very, really till the very end. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Do you know the really see the power of yeah what cutting edge research and having an open mind can do. Yes. My grandfather also lost his life when I was very young to lung cancer. Mm -hmm. So I've seen what that disease can do firsthand Mm -hmm. with lung cancer and now with my own child having brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's um, it's really unfortunate that we are this far ahead in technology. I mean, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. But yet in 40 years, we've only got four new drugs for kids with cancer. And adult cancers haven't progressed a whole lot more than that. Breast cancer has gotten... A much bigger spotlight on it and a lot more funding because of the good work of Susan G. Komen Foundation. But we still aren't there. We still don't have cures and people are still dying and they're dying in very horrible ways mm-hmm. because of the mm-hmm. level of toxicity, which yeah. is why I'm so excited about the work that Dr. Jewett's doing, mm-hmm. because what she is bringing forth as a protocol is non-toxic and mm-hmm. indigenous to mm-hmm. our body. If you mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. tell Ellen, I know Ellen doesn't know a whole lot about what you've been doing in the lab, so I'd love for you to fill her in. Sure. Yeah, we've been studying a uh, cell type that call is called natural killer cells, uh-huh. and these are a very important um, subset of our uh, white blood cells. And and what we found, um, well, this was discovered about in 70s, the 70s, the, these cell types. And at that time, we didn't know what these cells were doing other than they were killing tumors. Mm-hmm. Um, but later we figured out that uh, actually uh, natural killer cells are uh, very important because they are targeting the seeds of the cancer. And no other cell can actually do that. Mm-hmm. No T cell or B cell or, or any of the other types of cells can do it. Only natural killer cells will do it. And later on we figured out that actually um, you know, these cells become inactivated way before cancer is established, meaning that years before, maybe 10, 20 years before. And the longer uh, these cells are uh, remain inactivated, the, the higher the chances of having cancer. Mm-hmm. And there have been several studies where they've followed people for 11, 12 years, and they've looked uh, and found the people who had lower levels of NK function and found out that those people were now having cancers, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So so it's this, these cells are, are definitely one of the most uh, and major cells that, uh, uh, you know, protect us from having cancer. Uh, now, how can we strengthen? Uh, can we even reverse inactivation of these cells in, in cancer patients? I've been trying to do that for the past 25 years oh, uh-huh. because uh, I thought, okay, well, if we can reverse this inactivation, then perhaps we can actually gain back. But unfortunately, the cancer patient's uh, microenvironment, what we call the tumor microenvironment, is so suppressive 
that it suppresses everything that even, you know, their NK cells, their T cells, everything gets suppressed. Mm -hmm. And that now provides the condition for the tumors to start growing. Uh, so the only way we are going to, uh, I, I believe that we're going to cure cancer is by strengthening the function of NK cells, not necessarily from the cancer patients, because unfortunately, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a point of no yeah. return, yeah, you know, right. for cancer yes. patients. So now we're taking from uh, healthy individuals, you know, uh, preferably young mm -hmm. male uh, donors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and why male, Dr. Jewett? Why, why is it why better is that, for male? For some reason, mm -hmm. males have higher levels of uh, NK function, huh. especially young males, you know. How young? Um, I mean, we've tried. Uh, I mean, we cannot go yeah. below 20 years right, old, but yeah. we've taken from 20 all the way to 30. Mm -hmm. and. They work fine, you know, and they can, we can expand them. We can supercharge, as we call, supercharge them. But as we get older, unfortunately, our, our immune cells mm -hmm. age as well. So now you can start thinking, oh, well, maybe this could be actually an aging uh, cure too, mm -hmm. you know, at mm -hmm. some point if we can, well, indeed, actually in uh, China and uh, in, in Asian countries, people go to places to get shots of NK cells, uh, you know, because they believe uh, that these cells are, go are going to rejuvenate them. Mm -hmm. and, and I know they and, have these treatments available in Mexico as well, which I kind of want to warn people about because yeah. it's my understanding that they are taking the cells from people who are sick um, and they're extracting them th from their body, spinning them, and then putting them back in and saying, there you go, there's your treatment. Can you explain oh, why that doesn't I think, work? I think they're doing it here, too. It's not just probably. in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is that healthcare system is just so, to my opinion, sorry, my language, so mm -hmm. screwed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because it, it makes money mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. It's a money machine. And it, it is a money machine. And what happens is that once you're making that kind of money, you lose your conscience. You yeah. lose your, you know, uh, I don't know, your love for humanity and everything. And 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 uh, so what happens is that when people go there and basically they do things that they shouldn't be doing, yeah. they shouldn't be giving them things that, you know, in case spe specifically in case cells that are useless. And they know don't work. Yeah. I had a patient that came to me. Um, with a tumor that was in the neck, and I could actually visually see it. And and he mentioned that, well, he went to this, um, you know, specific uh, um, for stem cell therapy, and they said, oh, they are going to do NK cell therapy for him. And I said, okay, well, what did they do to you? Uh, well, you know, they just took blood from me, and then they returned something back to me. And I said, okay, well, let me let me call them up and find out exactly what it is. And when I talked to them, it was basically what they had done. They had taken what we call peripheral blood mononuclear cells. So these are cells, you know, the white blood cells. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't do anything. They just sorted them out, uh, taken it out of the blood, and then re-injected. Practically nothing. I mean, and, and what, what was they the, charged. Do you know what the about, cost was? I think about twenty thousand dollars right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... We have car C therapy that is costing patients upwards of a million dollars. Well, and CAR you know, T one is, you know. and the thing with CAR T, what a lot of people probably don't know is it's it's not a cure. It's like what works twenty to twenty five percent of the time for life extension. It's like gives you an extra six to twelve months. 
But then uh, what can happen to you? Maybe, maybe even less. And what does the know? treatment do to a person when they when they take it? Well, part of the problem is what we call cytokine storm, mm-hmm. which basically they have to go uh, hell and come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if they can survive through that process, uh, then maybe their tumor can shrink. And it's you know? around $1.4 million um, for oh, one per, right. per cycle. And then it's once you get it, right? Yeah. Once you mm-hmm. get it, then if you have, then it's going to fail. You're mm-hmm. gonna your cancer is going to come back in six to twelve months, and then they'll give it to you again for another, another one point four million. million. Yeah. And then that next time it works even less yeah. for the percent of time. Gone. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, uh, once the tumor recurs after CAR T therapy, unfortunately, you know that specific ligand is lost, mm-hmm. so you cannot use the same kind of so you have to start thinking about an alternative, which will be very expensive to make. And, and as a consequence, now it, it's not going to be a million, but it's going to go higher. Sure. Up, you know, um, and, and um, you know, the toxicity of these kinds of studies uh, or, or, or treatments are just, I don't know. I, I mean, I personally would not want uh, any of my loved ones to go through it, right. you know. But you have human um, trials going on now, right, in Beijing, China. How are yeah. those going with the supercharged natural killer cells, and what are you seeing in patients there? Yeah, so we've we've done limited amount of clinical trials at this point because of the fact that somehow communications are <laughs> problematic <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, but with those that we have injected supercharged NKs, they are doing very well. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen the tumor to come back. But again, you know, these are... Uh, blood cancers mm-hmm. and, and blood, it's easier to kill blood cancer than a, um, let's say, a pancreatic tumor. cancer or yeah. a lung mm-hmm. tumor. And and so my hope is that eventually, you know, we're going to do these kinds of trials here in mm-hmm. U.S. where I am going to have, you know, access to everything. I'm going to see the data. I'm going to see the patients. You know, I'm not going to rely, uh, you know, on someone to tell me, oh, yeah, you know, we did this and Everything is fine, you know, because, I mean, these kinds of treatments really require a lot of supervision, a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, um, you know, control uh, and, and a lot of testing. Yeah. And these testings, unfortunately, are very, very expensive. And, and um, you know, I my hope is that eventually in the future we're going to have treatments that everybody can afford. Yeah. That not only few people with money are going to be able to afford it. You know, and 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 I always think that, you know, it's 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 insurance for everyone. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you're spending so much money on, uh, you know, things that I don't know, to keep you happy. But you never you're never thinking about okay, well, how much do I have to spend for my health? You don't you know? really think about getting you never, sick until yeah. you get sick. Exactly. And then you're just yeah. like, oh, God, what do I do now? Well. And what? <laughs> but what we need to be thinking about is what do we need to do now to keep from getting sick? And right. I know that, you know, from my many conversations with you and coming into the lab and mm-hmm. watching dozens of presentations at this point, still mm-hmm. learn something new every time I come in there. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that inflammation is the silent killer. That's right. And That's inflammation right. can come from poor diet. Uh, mm-hmm. being obese, mm-hmm. too much stress, not sleeping mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. pesticides, toxins in our air, our water, mm-hmm. our food. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all and genetics. And genetics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mutations. Like, you know, right. you, you hear about breast cancer and the BRCA mutation and yes. what can, you know, what can come from, from you know, that mutation firing up and then wreaking right. havoc in your body. 
But it all mm-hmm. dials a lot back to health and wellness. Yes. And if we can stay healthy and we can, you know, have a, a healthy mind and a healthy body, mm-hmm. then we mm-hmm. feel the mm-hmm. cancer curve could shift into a better direction. But right. the the more that we evolve as human beings, the more pressure we put on ourselves, the more stress we have, the less vacations we take. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. causing this and genetically modified foods, not yeah. to mention, right. and, and right. you know, just having toxins everywhere. It's really causing us to become sicker and we're just not thinking about it because we're so consumed with with our crazy rat race of a life yeah well i mean you know when i think of my level of stress uh it's incredibly high but i have a mission which is (laughs) and noble it's something that you know uh, i'm not doing it because i want to make money you don't wake up every day Uh, and hate your job you get excited to go to work and make new discoveries and help people and if i was gonna if this career this was a career to make money Mm -hmm. i would have taken a lot more vacation time (laughs) 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 so what's your your prediction for the future of nk cells if you if everything were to go as perfectly planned as where you are today where do you think you're going to be in the next three years well, my hope is that I'm going to be in treatments uh, with patients. <laughs> and saving <laughs> lives. And saving lives, right. Um, yeah. Because I believe that NK cells are um, the cause of cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, NK, I mean, lack of NK cells, the I should failure say. failure of yeah, the, the system. The failure of the, yeah, NK cells are the cause of cancer. And we've published many, many papers on it, and we've shown that that's the case. And you, you were, we were talking about genetics and, yeah. and, and lifestyle. You know, you can actually reverse your genetics by modifying your lifestyle because we've also shown that. Mm-hmm. That, for example, the, um, you know, we used a mouse model system where we, uh, modif- we, we mutated uh, the pancreas, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, epithelial cells in the pancreas, and we caused mutations. And these animals basically come down with cancer very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we exacerbated the process by giving them high-fat calorie diet. Yeah. And so... Which so, is where the poor diet comes into play. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if, if you have genetic predisposition, you know what you need to do. You know, stay away from right. all the risk factors, <laughs> yeah. you know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things that... The way that she has explained how this works to me is that mm-hmm. we all have functioning NK cells. They're the main driver of our innate immune system. So if our NK cells are functioning the right way, we Mm -hmm. remain healthy. Mm -hmm. But we also have these living cancer cells in our body at all times. Mm -hmm. And the natural killer cells are what keeps those cells in line and keep them from becoming cancer stem cells, which are the seeds to cancer and mm-hmm. from which cancer gives rise. Right. Did I explain That's that correct. properly? Yes, you explained it. <laughs> I'm learning. <Properly. laughs> well, I mean, to, to put it in a lay language, I would say that NK cells are the generals. The generals, know? yep. And and they're, they will tell everyone, well, this is how you have to function and, and what you have to do. And the minute the NKs are gone, anarchy, you know, everybody yeah. does whatever they want, you know, and, and that's basically what we see, you know. So yeah. um, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's studying these cells and studying cancer, it, it has just given me so much, not only pleasure of understanding mm-hmm. how life, you know, uh, how do we live and what, what kind yeah. of cells we have and how, how our cells are being modified on, on daily basis, but also... Actually, I learned how to organize myself because yeah. they're 
you know, I can I can learn from these generals what to do, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Ellen, thank you so much oh for gosh, stopping in today. Yeah, thank you. So nice thank to you. meet you. See you again. Here. You've been yes. wonderful in your support for everything that we're doing with Saving Sophie and the podcast and with Dr. Jewett, and we just can't thank yeah, you enough. We're here and for you. Thank, yeah, thank you very and, much. And many blessings wanna, to your family, and we're, you know, again, very sorry thanks. for your loss. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, we want to help any way we can, so thank use you. us. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Thank you very much. So tell me, I, I know that you've you know started in the school of dentistry, and that can be a little confusing for some because you're mm-hmm. not actually a dentist, <laughs> but you started in oral biology. And what mm-hmm. was it when you were looking at oral biology that led you to your discovery in natural killer cells? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I before uh, joining School of Dentistry, I was with School of Medicine okay. at UCLA. And, and I did not only my PhD, but also... Um, I did a fellowship afterwards mm-hmm. uh, in School of Medicine, and that's where I started working on NK cells. Um, and and um, the opportunity came to join School of Dentistry, and, and it was actually a, a, um, a, a, a good opportunity because at that time I wanted to work on a tumor model that was accessible and it was easier. And, and oral tumors, of course, you know, mm-hmm. it's in the oral cavity. You can see them. You can see them, yeah. right. And and that was part of the reason why I decided to join um, School of Dentistry. In addition to that, actually, I thought there uh, it was going to be significant opportunities in the field of, uh, you know, oral mucosa because of the fact that, you know, I thought medicine is becoming very saturated. You know, people are, you know, working in areas that, um, you know, they are very important, but we are still not, under- we, we don't understand the process. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, everything starts from the oral cavity. If you're, uh, if you don't have, if your mastication is not good, you're not going to be, you know, uh, cutting the meat in the right way, and and you may not digest that very well. So, That's um, so it, it's you know the oral cavity is very important. The second factor uh, why I chose to go to school of dentistry is because, it, as an immunologist, you know, if I could learn how the immune system works in the context of so many bacteria and so many different antigens, mm-hmm. then you know, I would be able to understand the process. I would be able to understand the immune system. And so we have more than a thousand different species of bacteria in our oral cavity. That's fascinating. (laughs) It's absolutely uh, (laughs) fascinating to me to think of that. Yeah, and we have a a balanced immune system in the oral cavity. Uh So learning how this balance is established is extremely important. And, And that was part of the reason why I ended up in School of Dentistry. Um, is, so, can the oral cavity can it get out of balance? Oh, of course. And what happens yeah. when it gets out of balance? Well, you know, people end up having um, gingivitis. And, exactly. Gotcha. You know, the, the, a slew of problems that people can have in their oral cavity. You know, and and sometimes I actually say that dentistry is one of the most toxic. Uh, professions really because, because everything that they use in order to fill the, the uh, teeth, teeth yeah. or um, you know or, 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 or implant or do anything it deals with toxic chemicals wow you know? so <laughs> and therefore that was the reason why I actually started working on um, trying to remove toxicities of dental materials mm-hmm. 
And so I started working on uh, NAC, and from from there on, I started thinking, you know, you know, well, bleaching is becoming very common. You know, lots of people are doing bleaching now, and at some point, we're going to have the consequences of this. Right. And we're going to end up, who knows, an epidemic of uh, oral cancers. You know. And that's another future. big discovery you've made, right? And so we ended up, you know. Uh, uh, generating the uh, buffer, buffering system with, for N-acetylcysteine where now you can actually apply and remove all that toxicity. It's amazing. And so we just recently, we did the clinical trials and, and um, it was very promising. And now we're thinking of bringing it to the public. It's amazing. Um, but but I'm here to talk about cancer. Yeah. So. <laughs> so going back to cancer, you know, we had my little nugget in here earlier today, co-hosting with all of her uh, pizzazz and and sassiness. It's amazing <laughs> the intel the intellectual capacity of Sophie. It's I mean, just, she's crazy, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, the, that seven year old, everything mm-hmm. that she's gone through, mm-hmm. the amount of poison she's had pumped mm-hmm. into her body. Mm-hmm. The child has been consuming high doses of medical cannabis since she was nine months old and she's seven. Mm-hmm. And she looks like there's absolutely nothing wrong with her. Mm-hmm. She's smart mm-hmm. as a tack. She's mm-hmm. got a head full mm-hmm. of hair. Mm-hmm. She's gained mm-hmm. 10 pounds in six months while mm-hmm. she was on four chemotherapies. Mm-hmm. And she is my little walking miracle, which we now know is just simply science mm-hmm. as far as what's mm-hmm. going on with her. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of go back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you and I met because Sophie had this brain tumor surgery mm-hmm. last year. Yes. I needed help. I needed somebody to do research for me. No one is doing research on this tumor because mm-hmm. it's a grade one, number one. Yes. Uh, it's survivable, 90% right. survival rate, although it's an 85% recurrence rate. Mm-hmm. And we just had uh, a little girl's tissue shipped yes. to your lab, right. brain tumor, right. uh, tissue, mm-hmm. fluid from the brain yes. and blood. Yes. She's been on chemotherapy for 18 years yeah. since she was eight months old, and wow. she's still fighting this beast. Right. But yet there's no trials done for it. So mm-hmm. I have a real passion for children. I just mm-hmm. always have. Yes. But then my own child gets sick and that passion gets kicked up about sure. 500 notches. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I found you. Yeah. <clears throat> We've been down quite the path over the last yes. year and a half now. Right. It seems like it's I've known you my, my entire life at this point. Mm-hmm. But it was through Sophie that we met and mm-hmm. you were gracious enough to take her live tissue mm-hmm. that I myself worked mm-hmm. with pathology while Sophie was still on the table to pack up yeah. and rush to, to you at UCLA so it would stay yes. alive and, and yes. you could get it into the animals. Yeah. Given her oncologist told me point blank, you're never going to get this tissue to grow in mice. It's not possible. It grows too slow. And I remember mm-hmm. you looked mm-hmm. at me and you were like, if it can be done, mm-hmm. we will do it. And if we can't do it, Nobody can do it. And I believed you. And you were right because you did it. You mm-hmm. got it to grow in these mice. Mm-hmm. Can you tell mm-hmm. everyone that's listening what you've mm-hmm. discovered and mm-hmm. my little kiddo over here? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because, uh, first of all, when we started growing the tumor, uh, it was amazing because the tumor grew overnight, which was absolutely mind-boggling to me how that was possible because even the most aggressive tumors, you know, uh, we would uh, it would take us maybe at least a week or two weeks to get them to start growing, but for Sophie, right away this tumor started growing, and and that was amazing. And 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 at that time, actually, I took pictures and sent it to you. Yeah, and, I remember. And, uh, and and it was amazing to me because I had not had that kind of a success before. Mm-hmm. 
And then so we started growing these cells and freezing it. And we thought, okay, we're going to wait. Uh, we're going to be implanted in the uh, sub-Q, which is basically under the skin mm-hmm. of the animal, and, and then see how it's going to grow, whether we're going to get tumors. And was this the humanized mice? This was, there was the two mice? different, yeah, okay. there, it was the humanized mice too. There was two strains that we used. One we call NSG, which is immunodeficient. Right. Uh, so, I mean, this is much simpler, you know, microenvironment for right. the tumor to grow. And the other one was the humanized mice. And the humanized um, mice, just so everyone understands, have an immune system that mirrors that of human beings. They pump human blood. The blood-brain barrier is equivalent. So it's like having a tiny human model. That's right. And this is also That's something right. that you created and patented. Well, actually, correct? UCLA, we we gotcha. at UCLA. Gotcha. Uh, and Collaborative and effort. Collaborative mm-hmm. effort, exactly. And, and the studies that I'm doing is specifically my own studies. Right. You know, where we are now, uh, you know, taking tumors, implanting them in the pancreas, implanting them in the brain, in the lungs, you know, in different places, and then try to understand how tumors are interacting with the immune system, uh, with the, you know, uh, mouse's immune, the human, <laughs> humanized immune system. Um, so just to tell you how we are humanizing these animals, is, um, it's, it's very interesting because what we do is we take... Uh, um, you know, small tissues, uh, you know, the thymus and liver, uh, and we uh, implant them under the kidney capsule of these little animals. Mm-hmm. And then we inject them with CD34 positive, which we take from the bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we inject them through intravenously. And, and basically what happens after eight weeks, now we have human blood running, you know, right. in, in, these, uh, in these mice. Um, and, and then now we have basically a small model that we can study interactions between the immune cells and, and the tumor. And we've learned a lot about pancreatic cancer. You know, we just published a paper on it. Uh, oral cancer, you know, we published another one. And now we're actually, we have our first uh, GBM injections this week. Uh, oh, we exciting. organized, um, you know, with a, a few labs at UCLA, uh, where they have expertise in injection of these tumors in the brain. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting their expertise and combining it with ours and then trying to now not only implant the glioblastomas, mm-hmm. the brain tumors, right. but also Sophie's tumors. Uh, well, and just as, a, just as a little tie back to that, Julian Marley is on our podcast, and it was Sophie and his daughter, Kaveri, mm-hmm. whose fluid that we had gotten yes. from her brain right. that helped to kind of navigate you to this yes, point, correct? that's right. Yeah. So one of the things that I had learned, of course, we didn't have access to patients before, right. uh, before Kobari. Uh, but what, one of the things that we learned and published was the fact that in uh, glioblastoma patients, one of the problems with it is that um, the cancer stem cells and and the differentiated tumors, which are much more benign mm-hmm. than cancer stem cells, uh, they ping pong, you know, they can actually exchange, be exchanged. You know, mm. if it's a differentiated tumor, it can go back to become a cancer stem cells. Oh. And usually when tumors get differentiated, they shut down the uh, inflammatory process by the NK cells and mm. most likely by other, you know, uh, cell types too, like T cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But what we saw with GBMs that was completely different because they were, no matter what we were doing, they were increasing the pro-inflammatory cytokines. So there was very high levels of what we call interleukin-6 and interleukin-8. And -hmm. these are very potent to cytokines and chemokines that will drive actually growth of the tumor. Mm Uh, so when I received the, uh, you know, the brain fluid from uh, Kavari, I wanted to look and see whether she had IL-6 and IL-8 mm-hmm. because we had already shown that. And yes, exactly. That's wow. what, what I saw, you know, that she had very high levels of IL-6 and IL-8. And I don't have any doubt that that tumor was being driven by these cytokines. Wow. So That's um, fascinating. Yeah. And so this is this is where you are now. Now you're working towards a treatment for these very aggressive brain tubers That's that, right. that took yes. Julian from him earlier yeah. this year, right? which is going yeah. to give a lot of people hope moving forward if we can just get the science to move fast yeah. enough. Well, one of the things that we are doing right now is uh, during the implantation of the brain tumor, which is basically by injection to the skull, mm-hmm. you know, through the skull, uh, is to deliver also supercharged NK cells. Directly into the brain. Into the brain, yes. And we hope that that's going to eliminate the tumors in the brain. Well, here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there would be a lot of happy people out there, including me, because yes. of what's going on you know, with Sophie. Sophie still has this disease in her brain. It's you know, The goal of these tumors is to arrest the development of mm. the tumor that's in there. The chemotherapy can't get rid of it completely. The reason being is because these cells divide very slowly. Chemo only goes after dividing cells. So if the chemotherapy isn't in the body when the cells are dividing at that time, then mm-hmm. the best case scenario is you arrest the development of it, is, mm-hmm. which is what we have done now with Sophie. Mm-hmm. Her tumor has been stable for over a year now. Mm-hmm. She's off of chemo for the first time in six years, took her mm-hmm. last dose of chemotherapy on October 23rd. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I came to you originally because we were, you know, fighting for this kid and, and mm. nothing was working. Yeah. And originally I was going to have you um, implant the tumor into the mice so I yeah. could take them to Israel yeah. where I had some research going on over there at the Technion Institute mm-hmm. with Professor mm-hmm. Daddy Miri looking mm-hmm. at cannabinoid sensitivity testing against different cell types. Mm-hmm. But you made me leave the mice here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain why? <laughs> well, interesting. interestingly, actually, at that time, I, if you remember, I asked you whether we could get some blood from Sophie. Mm-hmm. I and, uh, and so I started studying her blood and found that amazingly uh, she had very high levels of NK function, which was mind-boggling because usually uh, small kids, you know, their immune system is not formed it's enough immature. to have. Exactly. Uh, Much less and, a kid who's been on chemo for six years and who has a brain tumor. Right. You're right. But she had dynamite NK cells. And um, so at that time I became interested uh, and asked you, you had many times you had mentioned that She's been on cannabis. And, and so I started thinking, okay, well, you know, I need to understand what That's cannabis is doing. Yeah. yeah, because if any of this function is due to cannabis, I need to know. Um, and this wasn't a field you were interested in at all, correct? At all. You know, I, it never crossed my mind, you know, that I was going to study cannabis. Um, not that I didn't believe. It's just it never occurred to me it's that this could field. be, yeah, this could be something important. Um, and so, um, you know, after studying Sophie, uh, I started asking you whether I can have more patients. And, uh, 
And so we started, you know, studying, uh, what, almost 20 patients yeah, now? Yeah, we're, we're 19, I think, as of the last one that sent the mm-hmm. tumor tissue right. and fluid in. Right. Yeah. So, um, and in every single case, we found that something very interesting that we hadn't seen before, meaning that the majority of cancer patients, their NK cells are either inactivated or uh, they are there, but there's, you know, they they just don't do anything. And you what's know? the percentage of time that you see this? Is it 100% of the time? Is it 90% of the time that they're not functioning properly? The majority, meaning 90 plus, 90 percent, plus percent of, of the yeah, time. Percent there's of the something time. going there's on some, there. There's, I mean, we are even seeing, as I said, we are even seeing it before cancer is established. Mm-hmm. So, uh uh, this is this is a common mechanism, uh, and recently, actually, I received three um, different type aggressive breast cancer cells mm-hmm. from Europe, and they've made these cells. They they you know genetically modified, yeah. yeah, modified, and they did certain things in order to make them invasive and aggressive. And one of the things that we found was uh, all three of these. You know, uh, breast cancer cells were very susceptible to NK cells, oh. so NKs were eliminating them. That's you know? amazing. Yeah, so so I mean, I I don't have any doubt that if we can find the right treatment strategies mm-hmm. with the NK cells, we are going to cure cancer. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Saving Sophie podcast. What an incredible, incredible interview with Dr. Jewett and Ellen Kay. These women both are such inspirations, and I really do believe Dr. Jewett is going to bring some real answers to patients who are so desperately in need. And with that being said, just a reminder, we really, really need to raise a lot of money for this research. You can donate to Dr. Jewett at giving.ucla.edu forward slash Jewett. That's J-E-W-E-T-T. Again, that's giving.ucla. Dot edu forward slash Jewett, J-E-W-E-T-T. There's so many of us that are touched by cancer, me included. And if you haven't been touched by it yet, chances are some point in your lifetime you will be. It is so crucial that we make this research move as fast as possible. Even if it's 50 cents, if it's a dollar, if it's $500, every little penny gets us one step closer to the cure. Thank you so much for joining us on the Saving Sophie podcast. Next episode, we're going to have the incredible Julian Marley, who was just nominated for a Grammy for a reggae album of the year, who unfortunately lost his little girl to a brain tumor earlier this year. And it is a heart-wrenching story, but one of inspiration and one of how you can truly take something terrible in your life and turn it into something beautiful. Thank you again for joining Sophie and I today on the Saving Sophie podcast. Happy holidays, everyone.